This podcast is not legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances. Hello and welcome to Tax Records, the Hall and Wilcox tax team's podcast series. My name is Frank Inoperis and I'm a partner in the tax team at Hall and Wilcox. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by my colleague, Jim Kutrukostas, a fellow partner in the tax team based in Sydney. And what we're going to be talking about today is the uh, current payroll tax crackdown. Um, It certainly is the case uh, right now that there are uh, more and more uh, reviews and examinations being undertaken by state revenue authorities into payroll tax compliance and payroll tax issues. Uh, And we are seeing more and more cases uh, being heard in the state courts and tribunals. And uh, a couple of the things that we will be covering off uh, in today's podcast uh, will include looking into uh, payroll tax and how it applies in the context uh, of employment, um, particular industries that might be uh, focus uh, areas for the state revenue authorities for a payroll tax review or audit, and also some broader issues uh, around payroll tax that business should be aware of. So welcome, Jim. It's uh, great to have you uh, with us. No, thank you very much, Frank, and uh, glad to be here with you talking about payroll tax. Well, uh, Jim, I do know it's an area that you have a special passion for, so I'm I'm looking forward to to, uh, our conversation today. So, Jim, how about we start with you telling us a little bit about payroll tax and uh, how it might apply in an employment context? No, for sure. And um, as the name would suggest, payroll tax is a a tax on uh, wages and salaries that you may pay, that a business may pay. And that's why a lot of uh, businesses see this as being an an inefficient tax. So um, a lot of businesses don't like the tax because it's a tax on effectively employing people uh, and paying wages and salary uh, to those people because payroll tax uh, is a function of how much Uh, salary and wages you pay. And Jim, so does that mean, uh, and does that count only salary and wages uh, paid to employees? And and look, you'd think that'd be the case. And that that is the most common scenario that people think of, you know, your normal um, employee-employer relationship um, under an employment contract. But, um, and it is payable in those scenarios and it's payable with respect to uh, wages and salary but it's also payable with respect to super, fringe benefits tax, uh, may also be payable with respect to employee share schemes and employee um, option schemes. But it's not just the employment relationship that we need to have a look at. It can extend beyond that. Right. And um, one thing we hear a lot about um, is uh, contractors and just how complex it is to work out if a person is... Uh, an employee, or if a person is a contractor, and if they are a contractor, whether they can be deemed to be an employee, does does payroll tax reach into uh, contractors as well? Uh, it certainly does, Frank. It's uh, it's probably the one aspect of payroll tax uh, that's being focused on at the moment is uh, the payment of payroll tax with respect to contractors and payments being made to contractors, and effectively payroll tax. Um, gives us the broadest definition of what a worker is or who a worker is and what payments 
would be subject to payroll tax. So um, most contractors, uh, unless they fall within a particular exemption, uh, may be subject to payroll tax. And I should say that who is a contractor is quite broad. And I guess the, the rules look at um, contracts under which a contractor um, supplies services for the performance of work. Uh, it can be as broad as that. And where there is that kind of contract and what we would call a relevant contract, uh, the principal is deemed to be an employer, the contractor is deemed to be an employee, and the payments made under the contract are deemed to be wages and subject to payroll tax. Sure. And um, I think uh, the whole question of uh, contractors and uh, when they are an employee could be a uh, half an hour podcast in and of itself um, there, Jim. So I won't take you into that uh, detail um, here so we can focus on the payroll tax bigger picture. But um, tell us, if you will, please, um, what what particular industries have been um, the target of payroll tax um, uh, review and audit activity in recent times? And what is it about those industries that has made them a target? Uh, for sure. And I think uh, I'll answer the second part of your question because that leads into the first part of your question. And it comes back to this contractor problem uh, because the revenue authorities have been focusing on contractors. Uh, they're looking at service type arrangements or service entity arrangements where service entities use contractors uh, to fulfill um, their, their contracts to fulfill work that's required to be done. Uh, as a result of that focus, what we've seen in the last couple of years is an uptick in activity um, by the state and territory revenue authorities in reviewing and auditing medical practices and other healthcare practices. So, for example, GPs, optometrists, dentists, you know, those medical centres that you see in shopping centres where uh, you may not have the same doctor um, on each of the visits that you make to that medical centre, they're... Uh, they're the kinds of um, practices that the revenue authorities are currently targeting. And um, what is the, um, I mean, what do you think is the, is the particular focus area of some of these cases and um, what have we learned from, um, from some of the cases that we've seen handed down um, in Victoria or elsewhere? Mm. No, that's, that, that's right. As you mentioned, Frank, there's been a recent spate of cases that relate to the, to the industry and it, effectively started with a Victorian case called Optical Superstore. Uh, and you may have seen uh, an op Optical Superstore store in a shopping centre. Uh, and I guess in that case, uh, the, the facts of that case or, or what was in issue uh, is effectively how Optical Superstore uh, would enter into arrangements with their optometrists. So Optical Superstore had agreements with optometrists that saw patients in the stores of Optical Superstore. And the patient fees that were earned by the optometrists would be collected by Optical Superstore, uh, basically at the counter when you'd go and pay um, for, for the services that, that have been provided. At the end of each month, uh, the patient fees would be collected and would be remitted to the optometrists, but Optical Superstore would retain a fee for providing the premises, for providing support services to the optometrists. So Optical Superstore wasn't actually providing uh, optical uh, consultations, it was the optometrist uh, in that store that was uh, providing that consultation. It's just that the optometrist was using the premises of Optical Superstore to conduct that consult. 
Now, uh, what the Victorian SRO said was, well, hold on, those payments that are being made by optical superstore to the optometrists um, are deemed wages and they should be subject to payroll tax. And the case made its way right through the High Court and the Victorian SRO was the winner. Basically said that payments made to the optometrists effectively of their own patient fees collected on their, their behalf by optical superstore were subject to payroll tax. So, you know, that sort of sent a shiver down our collective spines because what we thought um, was a common arrangement uh, um, amongst a lot of medical and healthcare practices was now being targeted. You know, we were thinking, who else could be caught? And, um, and what I would say is initially, uh, we thought, well, hold on, optical superstore is a, is a special decision. It's confined to its facts. Um, you know, this doesn't apply to, to many other service type arrangements. Mm. And uh, I think, um, I mean, you, as, as you say, Jim, more and more we're hearing about the um, increasingly fragmented um, you know, working economy and the gig, gig mm. economy and so on and so forth. So uh, we, we can, um, I think, only expect these kind of issues to continue to be looked at and to continue to be controversial so um, oh for sure that's exactly right and i think um that controversy i guess was um uh, further heightened earlier this year so um and again in the medical practice you'd you'd think um that a lot of the suburban gp practices that you would see wouldn't be caught but then um we also had this other new south wales case called thomas and naz and this is only a few months old but even in that instance where you had, I, I guess, a more typical uh, service entity type arrangement where payroll tax would apply. Um, again, Revenue New South Wales was the winner. Uh, payments that were made to the doctors by the medical practice uh, were subject to payroll tax, even though the payments uh, were from Medicare claims made by the doctors. So effectively, funds owned by the doctors or owed to the doctors were subject to payroll tax because the service entity, the medical practice that was running uh, the consulting rooms and providing the admin services was making these payments to the doctors. So again, we're having this broadening of what arrangements may be subject to payroll tax. So following on from that, Jim, um, I mean, what sort of industries, what sort of businesses uh, might be uh, next in line for reviews mm. such as this? Yeah, look, I think that's the concerning thing, um, Frank. I think it's um, we're seeing the revenue officers becoming emboldened. And um, these kinds of service arrangements aren't only seen in the healthcare industry. What we're seeing from these cases is effectively, you know, any, any practice, any business uh, that requires the services of contractors for its business to continue operating uh, may be subject to payroll tax. Uh, you know, in those two cases, in Thomas and Naz and Optical Superstore, what we have is, you know, in those instances, the medical services provided by the doctors or the optometrists were essential to the taxpayer's medical centre business of operating a medical centre. Uh, so without the medical services provided by doctors to their patients, the taxpayer couldn't operate its medical centre business. 
So in effect, the doctors provided their services not only to the patients, but also to the service entity. And put simply, payments from the healthcare practice to their contracted practitioners may trigger payroll tax. So you could just imagine that wouldn't be a stretch for the, the revenue authorities to begin targeting other industries and professions where there are similar arrangements. So, you know, you, you think about, you know, engineering firms, think about financial advisors, uh, financial planners, think about accountants, think about even barristers. Now, I'm not sure whether you'd want to target barristers, but if they have a service kind of arrangement uh, with chambers where that could potentially be subject to payroll tax or subject to the focus of the revenue authorities going forward. Yeah, yeah well, well um, yeah, I don't know if it, it might be a hint of uh, schadenfreude about targeting barristers there, Jim, but... Um... But I think, I mean, the points you make are all very good and, and you know, we can see how that general pattern or business model uh, can apply in lots of other industries like those you've outlined. So if somebody listening has a client um, who, uh, having heard us today, thinks uh, that they might be a risk, what are some of the practical things that, that they can do and, and what would you suggest that they uh, should be the action they take? No, for sure. I think... Um importantly um, you need to review your service entity arrangements you know the time is now to do that uh, the revenue authorities are honing in on this uh, each business needs to look at their admin service arrangements consider the hiring of contractors consider how those contractors are paid is there another way of potentially uh, structuring the uh, service arrangement uh, so that it that it isn't subject to payroll tax. Uh, you know, this isn't something that should be subject to payroll tax. Uh, and traditionally, it shouldn't be something that's subject to payroll tax. But uh, because of these decisions, because of the, the lack of clarity as to how, how the rules work, um, the revenue authorities have been emboldened. So I'd say, have a look at your admin service arrangements, have a look at the wording of your service agreements. That's important, but even more so, um, are your day-to-day -day operations. So is there anything that's being done uh, on a day-to-day -day basis practically um, that we need to have a look at and tweaked uh, because they could also be seen as factors pointing towards an arrangement that would be subject to payroll tax. Brilliant. Excellent. Thanks, Jim. And, and so we've talked about um, the issues around payroll tax and contractors and that being a particular focus of the state revenue authorities um, in, in recent times and, and the, the, the litigation that has happened around that. Um, parking that just for a moment, um, what are some of the other hotspots or some of the other issues that uh, business needs to be aware of in payroll tax? Mm. Look, that's the contractor uh, issue is, is a big one at the moment, but there are still a few other issues that uh, the revenue authorities are looking at. And um, the first one I'd mention is grouping. So if, if businesses are grouped as part of a payroll tax group, um, then the group is only entitled to one tax-free threshold. So if businesses aren't grouped, then each business uh, is entitled to the tax-free threshold. But by grouping, uh, the, the revenue authorities are effectively denying each business uh, the ability to use the tax-free threshold and uh, the tax-free threshold only applies to the group as a whole. But other than uh, the, the tax-free threshold, importantly, if members or businesses are grouped, 
then group members are jointly and severally liable for each other's payroll tax liability. So what that means, and this is quite important, what that means is that the full payroll tax liability of one or more businesses in the group can be lumped onto any one entity in that group. And that could be financially disastrous for that entity. Uh, it could make them you know, become insolvent, really. So yeah. it's, it's important to know how you can be grouped and whether you can apply for an exclusion for grouping. So that, that's one issue. Yeah. Um, I think the other issue is you know, making sure that if the contractor provisions do apply to you, making sure whether there's an exemption that applies to you and making sure that you fit within um, that exemption effectively on all fours because the exemptions can be quite narrow. If, um, if you don't fall within an exemption, then you know businesses have been caught out and they can be hit with retrospective payroll tax assessments as well. And no doubt that can be massive and, and as, as you pointed out, can have disastrous financial implications for businesses that get, uh, that get caught up in this net. And if I can just ask you um, two quick things. Sure, um, sure. So when you talk about um, uh, payroll tax thresholds, uh, can mm. you explain what that means and where those thresholds uh, sit at the moment? Yeah, for sure. So um, the threshold is effectively yeah, if you pay wages um, in a say in a, in a year that's under the threshold, then you don't pay payroll tax. So it's only once you uh, pay wages above that threshold that you're subject to payroll tax. Now, the payroll tax thresholds uh, vary from uh, jurisdiction, vary from state to state. Uh, in New South Wales currently, it's around the $1.2 million mark. So you have to uh, pay uh, wages and salaries above that uh, threshold uh, so before you start paying payroll tax. In Victoria, for example, it's 700000 But uh, in any case, uh, they're about around that number across, across the jurisdictions. Now, in terms of grouping, what, what that means is that you know, if you have three businesses, for example, each one of those businesses would have to pay in New South Wales more than $1.2 million worth of wages before they start paying uh, payroll tax. If they're grouped, then it's the group as a whole that's, uh, that's entitled to that tax-free threshold. So uh, across those three entities, across those three businesses, you could have up to $3.6 million worth of wages payable before we start paying payroll tax. If those three businesses are grouped, then as soon as you hit that $1.2 million mark across the three businesses, you start paying payroll tax. Thanks for that um, great explanation, Jim. So um, I want to give you the last word, um, and that is uh, what should businesses be uh, doing right now um, to try and deal with some of these risks? Sure. I think, first of all, uh, make sure you understand your payroll tax obligations. You know, the, the revenue th authorities are stepping it up. Uh, just know where the, what the rules say. Uh, make sure you, uh, you review your payroll tax arrangement. Make sure you review your arrangements. Make sure you review, you review your arrangements with contractors. Uh, make sure you review your service entity arrangements, particularly if you operate um, in that kind of structure. Um, have a look at admin service arrangements, have a look at uh, the hiring of contractors, how they're paid, and see whether there are, there are any payroll tax impacts as a result of those arrangements. Um, have a look at your agreements, have a look at your day-to-day -day operations, 
uh, get advice, uh, seek advice. If, if you're not sure, uh, make sure you pick up the phone and ask. Um, I have to say that the revenue authorities can be quite aggressive. At the moment, they are being quite aggressive and they're not afraid to take up the fight, to take matters to the tribunal and to fight it all the way to the High Court. Um, I think the pandemic has burnt a hole in state revenues and I think this is one of the ways that's being used to fix that to some extent. Excellent. Well, thank you very much um, for your wisdom and insight there, Jim. Um, not a problem, really Frank. Very much enjoyed having you, um, having you as our guest today. Perfect. No, thank you very much for that, Frank. And if uh, any of our listeners have any questions, please feel free to, uh, to send us an email, give us a call, and uh, we'll be sure to assist you as we can. Thanks, Jim. And um, to everybody listening, we really hope that you enjoyed uh, today's episode. If you have any questions about what we've uh, discussed today, please contact a member of our tax team. Uh, you can find our details on the uh, Hall & Wilcox website, www.hallandwilcox.com.au. Or you can connect with us on LinkedIn. Next week, we'll be discussing cryptocurrencies and NFTs. Uh, there's a lot of hype about this at the moment, but we uh, really want to understand uh, what the tax implications of these things are. So we hope you'll join us for, um, for what will no doubt be a very uh, exciting and, and illuminating discussion. Uh, if you have any questions about payroll tax or the ATO's crackdown, please again contact a member of our tax team. Uh, if you enjoyed today's podcast, and we hope you did, uh, please rate and review and follow our podcasts uh, using whatever service you use to listen to podcasts. And you can subscribe to this series on our website to be, no to be notified of new episodes. Once again, wonderful to have you all with us and look forward to speaking with you next time.